A basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, how can you ever find out what he could really do? I don't want this to be the high point of his life. I've seen him, the real sad ones. They sit around the rest of their lives talking about the glory days when they were 17 years old. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. The Keeping the Nostalgia Live show is sponsored by The Dunk Collection. The Dunk Collection connects sports-minded individuals to basketball-inspired home products meticulously designed to help combat life's most mundane chores. Dirty clothes on the floor? Put a dirty dunk on the door. The Dirty Dunk is the original over-the-door basketball hoop laundry hamper designed to make laundry a slam dunk. Do you have a messy office? Try a document dunk. The original trash can basketball stand designed for those who compete in the corporate arena. You're just one shot away from turning your cubicle into the corner office you deserve. Bath time blues? Make bath time fun with the Scrub-A-Dunk, the original basketball hoop for baby ballers. Attach to the tub and Scrub-A-Dub-Dub. The Dunk Collection, making boring chores a slam dunk. Basketball courts. They are a big part of the game. And sometimes all we can get is just a little piece of it. Indiana has a great tradition of putting legendary teams on the court, and you can put a legendary court in your home or business. Whether you're looking for a motivational or marketing piece to advertise your business, or a family court to pass down to your kids someday to your favorite high school team, we would like to help you make a realistically scaled Maplewood court for you. From personal wants or even a high school raffle, school admins, this means you. Please visit us at facebook.com backslash minicourts, M-I-N-I-C-O-U-R-T-S, for more details on what we can do. Athletic directors, business owners, or fans alike, please get in touch and like our page. Court sizes are 29 by 19 inches for high school and 32 by 19 for college and pro. We are working on parquet floors as well. We also want to make sure your school gets their share, so we want to work with them to give them their cut. So check us out at Land of Many Basketball Courts at facebook.com backslash M-I-N-I-C-O-U-R-T-S. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I am your host, Billy Powell. Today with us, it's, it's kind of a special day. I, I kind of do six degrees of separation, and I'll explain that a little bit later on. Uh, but today we have an Indiana All-Star, a 1983 IHSAA Boys Basketball State Champion with the 1983 Connorsville Spartans, and Wisconsin Badger, Mike Heineman. Now, my six degrees of separation was that uh, I was a part of the Broderpool basketball program, and, and I, I normally don't like to bring this up because it was a very, very ugly game, but in 1983, we were in the semi-state, and we played the morning game against Newcastle, and uh, Steve Alford went 25 for 25 from the free throw line. None of those fouls came from me, by the way. Uh, he scored 57 <laughs> points, and, uh, of course, Connorsville played them later on, won, went to the Final Four, won the state championship, but Mike Heineman joins us. Mike, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule and uh, to help keep the nostalgia alive and talk about this great game of basketball from the state of Indiana. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate uh, you giving me a call, and uh, it's always great uh, and I have the opportunity to talk about Indiana basketball. Uh, Mike, uh, who, uh, of course, but you and, and, and Chris, the, the, uh, the twins, uh, wh- who kind of introduced you to the game of basketball, and, and, and how did you kind of fall in love with the game, and was that your first uh, sport of choice? Well, I, I came from a very athletic family. I guess probably my father uh, introduced us to the game. Uh, we had a lot of, a lot of really good coaches uh, along the way, but uh, 
dad probably introduced us to the game. Uh, we played a lot of different sports. My mom was probably the athlete in the family. Of, uh, so she, she got us involved in golf and tennis and swimming. Um, my love was football, but mom wasn't a big believer in football at a young age. So it took me a while to talk her into it to, to be able to do tackle football in middle school. But for the most part, it was basketball living in a town of Connersville. I mean, everybody plays basketball. That's your goal is to someday be able to play for the Spartans. So, so dad was a big uh, part of uh, getting us involved in basketball. So did you have a hoop on the garage or? We, we had, we had a basketball goal um, outside uh, in the driveway. Um, and we played all the time. Uh, any, any time that we could, we, uh, we would play uh, my twin brother and I, uh, you know, we put the ball in the bushes when we go to school on the bus. And when we came home from the school bus, we threw our bags uh, into the yard and grabbed a basketball and, and started playing, whether it was sunny or winter time, we seemed to always be playing basketball. And, and, you know, just the love of the game, uh, we developed at a young age and, uh, it was just, it was the thing to do was to play basketball. Before getting to Connersville, had, had uh, do you remember like your first experience going to a, a a Spartan basketball game? And can you tell us a little bit about it? I, I do. I, I remember uh, uh, growing up, uh, my dad and <clears throat> my grandfather. Uh, we used to go to the games uh, at Spartan Bowl and, and watch the games. And and I was a little different. Uh, my twin brother and I, we didn't sit with the students uh, section. We sat with dad, and and uh, I just at a young age really kind of try to examine a game and, and learn the game uh, through my grandfather and my father uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, walking to Spartan Bowl and, and seeing, you know, 5,000 people and getting popcorn and my grandfather getting the Luden's cough drops and, and sitting down about six rows up uh, right at midcourt and just sitting there watching the game. And uh, it was exciting. I mean, Connorsville uh, back in those days in the, in the mid seventies, late seventies. And when we started playing, the teams were very, very successful. So it was exciting to watch. And, and for those who are listening to this, who aren't from the state of Indiana, we're not talking about a gym that holds a thousand people. No, Connersville, uh, you know, I was reading about the gymnasiums and the size of the gyms. And of course, Newcastle has the largest gym uh, in the world. Uh, Connersville's gymnasium is exactly like Newcastle's. Newcastle just seats a few more, uh, uh, people, but, uh, the gymnasiums in Indiana uh, are amazing. Uh, living in Texas, you know, they talk about football and that the state of Texas is all about football and you get 15 or 20,000 people at a high school game, which is true. Well, basketball is the same in Indiana. I mean, the gymnasiums are amazing. Uh, Connorsville's gym is, is not the rollout bleachers type thing. It's, it's bleachers that are already in there and, and, uh, and it's, uh, wooden benches and the, and you've got the stairs that lead up uh, all the way to the top, and it's a great opportunity to run stairs, uh, stair laps like we used to <laughs> do growing up. And, and it, was, it was a heck of a place uh, to play basketball, but the most impressive part about it was the fans. The fans were amazing. Uh, it's the best place I've ever played, the loudest place I've ever played, and I've played in some pretty spectacular places. But this place was amazing, and the fans were unbelievable. Mike, when did the core of your state championship team kind of – did you guys start playing together a little bit in junior high? The the core of the guys uh, really kind of started playing in, in, in junior high. I mean, we had a couple guys that moved in. Uh, one of my best friends uh, going through middle school and high school, Jay Morkin, moved in from Wisconsin. So he was a part of our basketball team. Uh, 
and uh, Wayne Crabtree uh, was a year younger along with Flanagan and, and Jimmy Cruz was our age. And, you know, we just kind of, we kind of started in middle school and we never won hardly any games. Uh, uh, the interesting thing is we never beat Newcastle, for instance, in, in seventh and eighth grade, we got clobbered, I mean, by 30, 40 points. And then we turn around in high school and I think uh, my sophomore, junior, and senior year, we beat Newcastle uh, every year. So it's amazing. We didn't grow. We were all really small. Uh, and we had some good coaches, but it was just about trying to get everybody on the same page uh, as young an age as possible. And it, it took a while, but uh, eventually we all came together. You know, no AAU ball back then at that point in time, or it was just really getting started. I mean, how did you guys, did you, did you guys just, you know, uh, do pickup games and stuff like that during the summer? It, the, the, the thing to do uh, in the summer was to come to Connorsville and Spartan Bowl. I mean, we had people from all over the area, from Richmond, Indianapolis would come in, uh, people from Indianapolis, and, and we would play uh, pickup games. And uh, we had uh, former uh, Spartan players uh, that would show up, and it was very competitive. Uh, and the bottom line was, uh, back in those days, the only way you played was to have respect and to win. And if you didn't win, you sat on the sidelines. Uh Kind of like today, you know, everybody gets a ribbon and a trophy. Uh, and back in those days, you either were good enough to play or you weren't. So you worked on your game. Uh, you had two different groups going. You had the uh, weaker teams, uh, players down on one end, and you had the, the better players on the other end. And you wanted to get to the other end where all the best players were. And, you know, people like Steve Malachi, who's, who passed away, but he was a big part of of uh, bringing the groups together and playing. And then, of course, when Basil Malby came in, uh, Basil did a great job of, of bringing everyone together and making it not mandatory, but you had to be there, if you know what I mean. So it, it was an exciting time to, to go through the summer and lift weights and, and play every day because we didn't have AAU back then, and thank God we didn't because I think you learn more when you – when you're playing pickup games and then in the AAU circuit where there's a lot more interest on being selfish than it is as a team. You know, memories are a, a great thing. Uh, I, I, I heard someone say the other day that some days can last forever when we are kids. And, and uh, you know, I think back to some of those days, and, and it's true, some of those days can last forever. But do you guys, do you remember in those junior high days, of did you guys even think about, did you guys talk about playing for Connersville? Did you talk about the possibilities of, 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 of you know, was a state championship even in a conversation when you guys were in junior high? I, I don't. Th I don't really think so. I think the number one priority uh, that I remember is just getting an opportunity to play. You know, being good enough to play on the A team uh, in middle school. Uh, because if you could play on the A team, then you had an opportunity then to have a, a shot at playing in high school. And it was so competitive. I mean, there were guys that we I played with in middle school that never played in high school, but were be our better players when we were in middle school. Uh, and so it was, it was, um, something we didn't really talk about. I must tell you though, and when we won the state championship in 72, I remember it very, very well. And, you know, I think it's always a kid's dream to be able to win a state championship, but, uh, um, I don't think it really passed our mind really until we got into high school. And then you kind of start thinking a little bit about it. Mike, did you have like a, a favorite uh, college player, high school player, professional basketball player that you kind of, you kind of really kind of looked up to, or you 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 know, are kind of emulated your game about before before you got to high school? I I think um, the guy that I always remember um, when I was growing up, there was a, a guy by the name of Michael Cooper, 
that played uh, uh, at our high school. At our high school, and uh, he was a left-handed player. He was an athlete. Uh, he was very unassuming, but he was my favorite player at Connorsville. And then, of course, Michael Cooper that played for Los Angeles Lakers, which was a great defender, uh, another good athlete. Those were the two guys that I kind of uh, looked up to when I was uh, starting to play the game of basketball. And, and uh, um, of course, Larry Bird was he was he was obviously an icon, um, but. Uh, the two guys that I looked up were the same. Michael Cooper, both names are the same. Um, I always said if I had a son, I was going to name him Cooper uh, after those two guys. But uh, um, fortunately, I had two girls and not a son. <laughs> <laughs> Cooper wouldn't have been a bad girl name. No, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, what when when did uh, Coach Malby show up on the scene at Connorsville? And, and do you remember your kind of first interaction with him? I do. Uh, he came in, I believe he came in in 79 or 80. I, I don't remember for sure. But what I do remember was that when he came in, he brought a whole different environment to Connorsville basketball. He, he brought a commitment, energy, organization, commitment. Um, this is the way it was going to be. Uh, you were going to fall in line or get out of line, basically. Uh, and uh, I do remember him coming in. He brought in a... Um, uh, a couple of different philosophies brought in a, a philosophy that uh, we were going to press people uh, and we were going to fall back into a zone. And a lot of people, a lot of coaches didn't believe that you could press and fall into a zone. And, and of course, Basil uh, did that, taught it very well. Um, but just the enthusiasm, the energy, uh, his coaching staff, Dick Young was a huge part of our coaching staff starting out when Basil came. He was there. Uh, he was the motivator. He was the one that was there in the summer making sure that we had workouts and that everybody was showing up. And, and so uh, I absolutely remember Basil. I mean, he came in and he turned the program around immediately. Is basketball the only sport you played at Connersville? Uh, I played football, uh, uh, and then I got hurt, and then I did not play my senior year. But football was my number one sport. I always believed that I could uh, be a professional football player. I, I love football to this day. It's something that I watch all the time. I coach it uh, at the school that I'm at as athletic director. I love football. Um, but uh, again, being uh, from Indiana and being at Connorsville, uh, not a whole lot of people cared a lot about football, but they certainly cared about basketball. <laughs> How did Coach Malby or the coaching staff feel about players that uh, did multiple sports or played football and also basketball? I don't think it was a, a big deal because, quite honestly, we had a couple guys uh, on our basketball team. Like, for instance, my senior year, Jay Morgan played football. Uh, uh, Brian Flanagan was a heck of a football player. So those guys played football, um, and they came, you know, they finished football season, and they came into basketball, and they were a little bit rusty early. But the leaders of the team uh, did not play uh, of football so we were out there and we were playing and, and we were fine uh, I, I don't really remember a lot of our guys playing multiple sports uh, uh, in the fall uh, my twin brother played tennis and he played golf and and of course uh, um, that was pretty pretty much it because I didn't play football my senior year so you know we were pretty well in tune by that time on what we wanted to get accomplished as an athletic director in San Antonio how do you feel about that same situation uh, with your kids I think it's I think it's uh, important for kids to play multiple sports. My mother uh, brought us up uh, understanding or believing that playing multiple 
multiple sports was was really good for your body it, it really helped you in a lot of areas for instance tennis uh developing your quickness in your feet um so uh, you know we we learned at a young age that that playing multiple sports uh number one is fun number two you don't get burned out of a particular sport if that's all you do uh i've got two girls they both are basketball players and they didn't do anything else but basketball um but it, you got to be careful that you don't burn uh, kids out. So uh, I'm a big believer in multiple sports. Also, uh, but I also will say, as you get older, especially in today's sports, um, you know, you you eventually got to figure out which one you want to do uh, and play if it's what you want to do in college. You got to also remember that uh, where I am is a big city. In Connorsville, everybody pretty much does everything when you're in a small town. So uh, the expectations, for instance, for me to play football. Uh, when I was growing up, was pretty large. I played flag football, and then when it was, came time for middle school, you know, I think there was a lot of pressure on my parents to get me to play football because of my athletic ability. And uh, thank goodness we had a great football coach in Jack O'Rourke that that talked my mother into uh, uh, let me play football. So that was a good thing. What your first tryout for the Connorsville Spartans when you were a freshman? What were those tryouts like? Nerve wracking. <laughs> uh, very nerve-wracking because um, I had an opportunity as a freshman to practice against the varsity, um, and um, I thought it was it was an opportunity to kind of number one find out that the coach had confidence in you. I think as a coach, anytime you can give confidence to a player, uh, they have the ability to go to levels that you don't even believe they can get to. And so I think at a young age, I felt like Coach Malby had given me a lot of confidence and believed in me. So give me a chance to practice with the, with the varsity as a freshman was huge. Um, I learned a lot. Obviously, I wasn't physically strong enough to compete with those older guys, but at least I was out on the court. So uh, I think it was all about confidence. I think Basil, at, a young, at, at my young age, he was just trying to give me confidence. And so when when did that varsity opportunity and chance come, your sophomore year or junior year? My sophomore year, I got a chance to play on the varsity. Uh, it was kind of tough because I, my twin brother did not play varsity as a sophomore. Uh, he played JV, and that was tough on our family because, uh, you know, my twin brother Chris and I um, had always played together, but it was best for uh, – bones my i call him bones my brother to to play jv um to get an opportunity not to rely on me but to to develop his own game and dave demuth and and uh coach dunnington steve dunnington did a great job with developing my brother to so he would be ready to go his junior year on the varsity so uh i played varsity as a sophomore and started um i was a two guard and and uh and uh, that's kind of when I got started with varsity basketball. And and what kind of teams did you, what kind of squads did you have those first couple of years? And and did you guys kind of foresee kind of a gelling of uh, of your team to uh, what you guys uh, uh, finally accomplished with the state championship? Well, I, I think my sophomore year uh, we had a heck of a team, uh, but we got upset in the regional against Lawrenceburg, who we had beaten in the regular season convincingly by like 20, I think on the road at their place. And we got upset my sophomore year in Connorsville on the regional. So that was a downer. Uh, my junior year, um, we got beat by cathedral in the semi-state, which was nothing to, to sneeze about because they had some really good players. Tenny Barlow and Scott Hicks both went to Notre Dame. Uh, they had a heck of a team and they beat us. Uh, the interesting thing was, is I played varsity as a sophomore 
and I think uh, Cruz and Flanagan and and Crabtree and all those guys, they were just kind of milling around. Nothing was really happening, you know, with those guys. Uh, they were playing, but nothing was happening. I mean, they were just kind of on the JVs and just kind of playing, and then all of a sudden, our you know, the summer of our uh, senior year, before our senior year started, we really just started coming together as a group, and, and that's kind of how we got it going. And tell us about that state championship year. Give us a little bit of, you know, uh, how did you feel at the beginning of the year, and take us through a little bit of the season and and uh, how your team progressed. And and did you guys? When did you guys? Did you guys gel during the tournament, or did you feel like you uh, had something going on before that tournament actually started? I think I think in the summer when we were working out, uh, I remember Jay Morgan had about 400 stair laps that he had to run because he missed a bunch of workouts. Uh, and my twin brother and I decided to run them for him so he could be a part of our team. And we ran those. And I think at that point when Jay saw that, you know, we were committed to him, he needed to commit to us. I think at that point we started coming together because we were a really close group of guys. Um, and then we worked in the summer and then we came and started the season and, you know, we, we played really well early. Um, we got to the Super Bowl of high school basketball. We went to Richmond. Uh, we played Richmond at Richmond. Uh, we beat them badly. Um, we were undefeated, and we were on a roll. And then my twin brother got his ankle hurt at Richmond, and that kind of put us back a little bit because he was such an important part of what we did. And uh, we ended up losing at Seymour, at Franklin. Two game, two two teams that played, especially Franklin, was very similar to us. Um, and when we got beat by Franklin, uh, we came – that was a Friday night. We came back on Saturday to play Burbuff, who was ranked in the top ten in the state, had four players, I think, played Division One basketball. And we got there that, at that game, and, you know, you could tell the fans were – they weren't booing us, but they were, you know, questioning just how good we were. And that didn't sit well with our team, and we ended up blowing Burbuff out. It was like 22-4 to four at the end of the first quarter – we played an exciting brand of basketball, pressing and, and getting after people, and uh, we shot it really well. Uh, we could play a lot of different ways, uh, man-to-man offense, zone offense. Uh, we could press. We could play man. Uh, we could slow it down. We could run. I mean, we could do a lot of different things. Uh, we were very well coached. Uh, Basil was never going to be out-prepared. Um, I mean, we just had the whole entire package um, and then when the tournament started, um, you know, we really had a belief that we were going to win the whole thing. I mean, we, you know, today it's funny, you know, people get excited about winning a sectional down mm-hmm. in San Antonio, for instance. Uh, but you know, that was not our goal. Our goal was to win the whole thing. You're either, you're in it to win it. You know, that's the bottom line. You're not in there to, to win one round and say, Oh boy, guess what? We want to, you know, one, one round. I mean, that's, you know, that's not how it was back when I played. It was all about winning the whole thing. You know, you, you spoke of Richmond, and, and I think our team played Richmond uh, in their Cracker Box gym before they moved to their new gym. What, 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 what were some of your favorite memories, or did you have favorite places that you liked to go play and win? Did you, did you have places that you really didn't want to go to because you felt like it, you know it was going to be really tough? Um, I mean, tell us a little bit about your traveling experience and, and, and playing basketball on the road uh, for Indiana High School basketball. I think Richmond was very difficult to play in. You didn't want to play at Richmond. Uh, back then, uh, I want to I say that it was called Freedom Hall, but I'm not sure what the name of that place was. But 
boy, they were right on top of you. You take the ball out of bounds and they're pinching you in the rear end and they're, <laughs> you know, cussing at you and doing all those kinds of things. Richmond was never a good place to play. So when we played them our senior year and we beat them so convincingly, at that point, I think we really felt that game right there was a turning point to really make us believe that we could win it all. I think Newcastle was always a difficult to place to play, an exciting place to play. You know, when you can play in front of 10,000 people, uh, and they got offered playing, and, and 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 we're playing, and and it's really two different types of programs. You got a, a very uh, team-oriented operation like us, and Steve was more not individualistic, but you know he he was a one-man wrecking crew, and you know the rest of the players that played with him realized what he could do. So uh, you can't criticize the way they played, uh, but it was a difficult place to play. Um, our, our motto had always been, and I learned this from coach Malby was that, you know, teams can make jump shots for three quarters, but can they make them for four quarters? And, and, and it seemed like every single time we played a school like Newcastle, they could never make the shots late and we'd always prevail. And so those two places come to mind as two difficult places to play for sure. Um, when did you get on the uh, uh, scouting board? I mean, uh, when did t- uh, college teams become interested to you? W- were you kind of a late bloomer when it came to that? And and do you remember a couple of your first possible offers or letters? I, you know, I think we were we were late bloomers just because you know back then there was no AAU basketball and we just kind of were very unassuming players because. As I used to always say, we could have scored 25 or 30 points a game, but we would have got beat in the first or second round of the tournament. Well, we we believed, and and we learned this from my mother and father, that you know it's all about team. It's not about selfishness. And Basil taught us that when we got to high school. And so we gave of ourselves for the team because we wanted to be successful as a team, not as individuals. So because of that, we didn't have the stats that just jumped out at you. I mean, you know, you average 13, 14 points a game. That's not a big deal. And so no one was really paying attention. We had one school that was very interested in us, saw us play probably 12 times, Austin Peay State, which I, I just loved. Um, academically, I didn't really care a whole lot about school. My twin brother was in, ended up being an academic All-American in college at Davidson. Uh, and so we wanted to go to school together, but unfortunately the schools that were recruiting us really didn't have uh, the kind of thing that uh, was going to interest my brother academically. So we had Austin P. We had um, Oral Roberts that, that really, really liked us. We fell in love with Oral Roberts, but a place that we, uh, we ended up very quickly deciding that we weren't interested in. And so really – uh, those were the two schools that were interested in us. Um, once the tournament started, all of a sudden uh, we started getting more interest. Uh, I kept telling everybody we were going together. So when my twin brother decided eventually that he was going to go off on his own and go to a school, then all of a sudden I got quite a few offers once it was made, uh, you know, people realized that we weren't going to go together. Mike, tell us about the state championship run. Unbelievable. Um, I guess probably the first thing that I remember more than anything was, um, before the tournament started, we bought eight cigars, uh, <laughs> and, and we get, and we gave, we gave those cigars to a guy by the name of Mike Tressler, uh, two Mike Tressler and Bob Powers, two very close, uh, friends of our family. Um, they did the scorebook. They were at every game and, uh, we basically told them that to go ahead and light those cigars up 
when we knew we were going to win the game. And so uh, I think it was four cigars, not eight, but it was sectional, regional, semi-state, state. And after every championship game, he'd pull out the cigar like Red Arback to let us know that, hey, we're moving to the next round. So um, that's the first thing I remember about that uh, that uh, state run. The second thing I remember is after we won the uh, sectional uh, we played the regional and had a heck of a game against Batesville. Probably the best game I personally have ever played. Um, we beat them by a point at our place. It was an exciting game. I'll never forget uh, sitting in the top of the bowl um, at, you know, I don't know, 10 o'clock in the morning before uh, the, the, the game started. Nobody was in the gym, and I was just sitting there with my brother, and Bob Powers came up to me, and he, I go, I said, man, it's quiet in here, and he said, in about an hour and a half, it's going to be the loudest place you've ever played in. And so that was uh, that was a, a huge memory for me. Um, then we won that, and then we came back and won the regional uh, that evening. Um, at that point, I thought we had a great shot um, at, at winning it all. Backing up, you know, statewide TV, they showed us the brackets uh, on the big day where they, you know, they pulled out the brackets for the state tournament. We we saw that every step of the way regional semi-state and state that we played the morning game so we were going to get the little extra rest that was necessary we believed to to be successful and uh so we went to semi-state uh we played uh it, it was kind of a redeeming thing for my brother and i because we did not play well the year before against cathedral at semi-state uh so we went back there and uh, we played very very well um and we won that game uh you know i had blood blisters all over my feet uh, that was tough. Uh, come out against Newcastle. I think we intimidated Newcastle a little bit, uh, even in the in the starting lineups with some of our guys. And uh, um, and then we just we we really really did a number on Newcastle and beat them. And then you know next thing you know you're in the final four. Man, and take us through that final four. Final four uh, that week uh, was amazing. Um, a lot of things happening at the high school. A lot of people excited. Uh, Mr. Basketball in 72, Phil Cox came back, talked to us, told us about, you know, you have to believe. Um, Coach Malby, uh put us in a great situation, a great game plan. We knew we were who we were going to play in the morning game. Uh, we felt like if we could win that morning game that, you know, all bets are off and we got a great shot at doing something that, uh, you know, kids dream of. And uh, so we won the morning game. And played very, very well. Um, my brother just, I mean, he was as good a shooter as anyone in the state. I mean, he I'd put him up with Alford any day of the week. I mean, he could really shoot it. Um, and he played well all the way through the tournament. And then we got to the night game, and we sat there in the morning game, after the morning game, and we watched Marion Anderson battle it out, I think a couple overtimes. And they put on a show, and we sat back in a hotel, and we just said we got, you know, we got a shot at winning it all. And uh, we came in that night, and uh, – you know, the game was an interesting game. People don't realize, I, I say this all the time, in state championship games or NCAA games, uh, it's not the physical fatigue, it's the mental fatigue. Because every possession is critical. And uh, it just wears you out. And no one understands that except the guys that are out on the court playing. How did Coach Malby, you know, you guys going into the Final Four, how did he, how did he keep you guys, your guys' feet on the ground? I don't think that was a problem because I think all year long uh, we were very confident, but we were a pretty rough house group. I mean, we, we 
you know, we got in fights every day in practice. If you were a, if you were a bench player or a JV player, you know, you did not want to practice against us on a daily basis because it was a war every day. I mean, we came ready to play. Uh, I'll never forget. I was out on a golf course after we won a state championship. And this guy from Cambridge city saw my twin brother and I playing golf. And he came up and he said, I just want to shake your hand. You guys were great lunch pail workers. You know, we were hourly workers. We weren't, uh, the executives with the shirt and ties. I mean, our basketball team got after people. And so the mentality we had in practice uh, w- was what we did in games. So I don't think he had to do any grounding of us at all. I mean, we were so excited to have an opportunity to kick the next person's rear end. And, and that's a great feeling when you can go to the jump circle and you know you're going to win a basketball game. And so uh, Coach didn't have to say anything. Uh, see, you know, people used to ask me all the time, was he a motivator? Ah, yeah, he motivated us by playing hard. But, you know, he wasn't one of these guys that came in the locker room and yelled and hollered and all that kind of stuff. It was all about the intensity he showed as a coach on the sidelines. Uh, that was the motivating factor. It, it, was it a whirlwind, Mike? Did it go so fast that you, you didn't catch a lot of stuff? Or, you know, that, that moment when the clock up there, uh, that there's no time left on the clock and you guys are state champions. What, what is going? Do you remember what was going through your mind at that time? I do. I remember, I remember like it was yesterday. I mean, I can remember two minutes ago in a game. I can remember uh, scoring that last basket when, you know, may, I may have traveled and may not have. I didn't have the ball. I threw it up. It went in. I got foul trouble. My brothers got foul trouble. We got great contributions from Flanagan and Morkin and Crabtree and Cruz. They were amazing. Uh, you're talking about a team effort. There it was. Um, you know, you talk about writing books and doing movies. Uh, that's a great movie of a basketball team that was so selfless uh, that would just, it, it was amazing the guys that stepped stepped up in the time of need when uh, Chris and I didn't play our best games. We didn't play bad, but Chris was in foul trouble. And, and we get down to where there's, you know, I score with like a minute left in the game and then they call timeout and gee whiz, you know, at that point you go to the sideline and all Basil said is one defensive effort and this thing's over. And we knew who was going to shoot the ball. I mean, there was no secret about that. And then, uh, you just go out there and then kid takes a shot and, and uh, I see it's going to come off to the right, and I slide across the lane to get in front of the big center that they had, a uh, very athletic guy, about 6'6", and I slid in front of him and got the ball caught on the rubber of the, the corner of the backboard, and the ball fell out, and Flanagan grabbed it, and all hell broke loose, and it was uh, <laughs> crazy. Okay, I'm, I'm going to uh, take us off a little bit. I, I, I have a question for you. Back then... I thought the uniforms were pretty cool, but as as time has progressed, did you? What was the? What was? When were that? When was that type of uniform, you know, implemented with you guys? And did you guys all enjoy that uniform, or would you have had a, rather have had a different uniform? Well, I I think back then it was cool because uh, I I believe the first school that had a uniform like that was the Marquette Warriors. I think you're uh, right. They're the ones that they're the ones that wore those jerseys. So that was cool back then. Uh, we had really cool warmups. Uh, they, those were the state of the art warmups. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and then the, and of course the the uniforms we had. I, I you know I'll just say this. You know back then when I played, I wore a pair of $13 canvas 
tennis shoes my sophomore year in high school. They were thirteen dollars. <laughs> I wore them probably forever. Uh, then we got then we wore a, a different type of Converse tennis shoe when I was a senior in high school. But the bottom line is today. All these kids get wrapped up in $250 pair of shoes and what do I look like and what team can I play on and who's watching me and, and this, that, and everything else. I think what gets lost in today's basketball is, you know, the fundamentals, the working hard, the team environment, um, not sh- showing yourself off, but, uh, uh, you know, doing it for the team. I mean, those were the things we grew up with and today's basketball is totally different. Mike, I have a question for you. I, I, actually, this would be probably the first time I've asked anybody, especially that's won a state championship or a national championship in basketball. But you have that. You have. You, you're pumped up. You, you're 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 ready to play. You've just and you've just won the championship. How does that emotion go down? Does it go down? Does it go up when you're uh, uh, c- consoling the other team that you just beat? Uh, yeah, that's tough. I mean, that's really tough. I mean, cause you're so excited that you want a state championship. You look across the way and those guys are crying their eyes out, but our guys are crying too, because we're so excited. So you got, you know, 25 guys crying. You can't really tell who the hell won the game because <laughs> of the emotions. Uh, and again, people don't realize how much teams put into that. Um, and so the emotion just comes out like crazy and, and you, you know, you feel for those other guys, you really do. Uh, you feel for a coach like Norm Held, who was very successful and had all the runner-ups. Uh, you feel for him. Uh, but I know this. There's no one that put as much hard work, time, and effort in as what we did. And you hear that a lot from other teams. But I guarantee you there's no doubt that we put the time and effort in. The coaching staff put the time and effort in. We had the unquestionably the, the maybe the greatest coach to ever coach Indiana basketball. And I could sit here all day and talk about why that is. But he was so successful um, he was able to control a game like no other coach I've ever seen. I mean, he believed, and I learned this from Basil, that if you got me to the fourth quarter or you got to me with the three minutes to go in the game and we had to leave, we were going to win it, that I was going to pull you across the finish line. And, and that's what I think Coach Mobby was able to do, not only with our basketball team, but to teach someone like myself who wanted to go into coaching how – how it was possible for a coach to be able to control a game late. You still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I'm here. What what was the bus ride like back home? Uh, <laughs> the uh, well, first of all, first of all, we stayed in Indianapolis that night. We did not go home uh, after the game. We went back to the uh, hotel. Uh, they escorted us off the bus. You can imagine the number of people that were at the hotel. So we had plenty of security. They got all the players off the bus. Um, you know, people, I think automatically would think, oh, well, geez, you know, you need to have security with Mike and Chris, uh, the rest of the guys you don't worry about. Well, that wasn't the case at all. I mean, everybody needed security because we were a team and everybody was a part of that. And so we all were taken care of. We got up to our rooms, um, and, and, you know, we took showers, and, and, and we just relaxed. And I'll just never forget, I'll never forget, um, my dad told us later that uh, the drinks that were being purchased in the hotel, he only had one bill larger than that, and that was when my sister got married. Other than that, that's probably the largest uh, bar tab he ever had. Uh, I think he bought beer for every single person in the hotel that night, but, uh, it was an exciting night. And then, 
of course, one of the probably one of the greatest lines I've ever heard uh, in ever with our state championship run or years later was uh, I don't even remember the time, probably three in the morning. Dad came up. He grabbed myself, my brother, and Jay Morkin, our best friend, and we went to eat at a Denny's, and we were sitting at Denny's. And if you knew Jay Morkin, Jay Morkin hardly ever shot the ball. When he did, he typically didn't make it. He, he, he wasn't an offensive player. Uh, he was a great defender, a great hustler, and, and the motivator, and, and, and had great attitude. Uh, but uh, that particular game, he had a hell of a game. He, he, I think he had eight points. He was like four for five from the field, made big, big buckets from, uh, you know, 15, 20-foot jump shots. And we're sitting there at Denny's, and, and, he, and no one's saying anything. And he said, and they told me I couldn't shoot it. <laughs> and we all started laughing because, again, guys like him who, you know, hadn't done that all year – recognized that uh, we needed it we needed it and uh so between him and again flanagan was amazing i mean flanagan literally put the team on his back as a junior sixth man and and was able to 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 pull us through crabtree was tremendous jimmy cruz was made some big big baskets in the post um so again a, a team effort for sure Next up, the Indiana All-Star Game. Uh, what what were your guys' feelings when both you and your brother uh, are named to that Indiana All-Star lineup? Well, first of all, you know, everybody wanted to know uh, how what the reaction was going to be between myself and Steve Alford because after we beat them in the semi-state, Alford made a comment that they'd beat us nine out of ten times. Uh, well, they had lost to us three times in his high school career, and, and, and Steve didn't know me, and I didn't know him, and so – Obviously, when you don't know each other, there can be hard feelings. So when I got up there, I made it a point to make it as relaxing as possible. He was tremendous. We became very, very good friends, played against each other in college. Uh, great, great guy. Um, but, uh, you know, we joked around a lot. But the All-Star team was fantastic. Uh, my brother did not make the All-Star team, but he was a part of the team uh, because it was pretty, pretty obvious once he showed up with me uh, that uh, he should have been on that team. There were some guys, I think, from a political standpoint that got on there from Indianapolis. And, and so Chris was with us the entire uh, trip uh, to uh, Indianapolis and then down to, to Lexington to play. But what a great, great memory. Uh, we had a really, really good team. When you look at the Indiana All-Star team that I played on, we had a lot, a lot of good players. A lot of guys that played in the NBA. We had uh, uh, guys that played in major, major universities, uh, and uh, just, just the offensive capabilities of, uh, of the team I played on. James Blackman was an amazing offensive player. He went to Kentucky and became a defender. But, boy, in, in high school, he, there was no one that could score the ball like James Blackman could. He was amazing. Uh, again, a, a good friend. Derek Dow that played at Southern Cal that was from Evansville Bossy. Uh, I became great friends with him. Uh, just, I had a lot of good memories with a lot of good guys. And, and of course we beat Kentucky. We swept Kentucky, which was a big, big deal. We played down in, in Lexington and, and that was exciting because there were about 19 or 20,000 people sell out in Rupp arena. Uh, I, I played pretty well in that game. And so that's always kind of cool to, to, to be able to play in front of those kind of people. Uh, Mike, just for, you know, uh, his, just for his kids, because, you know, Jerome Brewer uh, was on that squad, too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what, were, what, was, uh, what was Brewer like? 
Brewer was one of the funniest guys I ever met. Um, Jerome, good story about Jerome. We we had to go to a dinner uh, the night before we played uh, uh, Kentucky in Indianapolis. We went to a dinner and they had a guest speaker. And, you know, we're all sitting there as a team and they had a, a, a magazine that had all the hobbies of all the different guys. Well, the, the, the day of the actual dinner, we were sitting around a swimming pool and somebody pushed Jerome in and Jerome uh, was in the deep end. He went straight to the bottom of the pool and wasn't coming up. And Derek Dow uh, and another guy, Brian Miles, Miles actually jumped in and brought him up with one arm because he was going to drown and because uh, he didn't he didn't know how to swim. And uh, it scared the heck out of all of us. So, so, so that night we're at the dinner and we have a guest speaker speaking and we're all opening up the magazines and we all start laughing. And, and it, it almost was kind of rude towards the guest speaker. And we, I trying to find out why everybody was laughing. And under the hobbies of Jerome Brewer, it said swimming and he didn't know how to swim. <laughs> um, and so that was kind of funny. But Jerome was a heck of a basketball player. Uh, and, uh, unfortunately, you know, he passed away, but, uh, boy, what, what a great attitude, what a great player he was. Um, and, uh, yeah, a lot of good memories from him for sure. So Mike, take us through the process of choosing to be a Wisconsin Badger. Uh, the, 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 that was interesting because I got recruited by Iowa. George Raveling recruited me, uh, got recruited at Michigan state, got recruited at Louisville, uh, Evansville. I really enjoyed, um, and, uh, and then Wisconsin. And, um, of course, a lot of people wanted to know about Indiana, you know, what's Indiana doing? What's Purdue doing? Uh, we had a great friend of the family, Louise working that was best friends with Gene Katie and told Gene Katie that you need to get him. I can't, I can't, I've got six guards. So there was no room at Purdue. There was nothing available at Indiana. The last scholarship was taken by offered. So, if I wanted to play in the Big Ten, I had a choice. I could go to Iowa, Michigan State, sit on the bench, probably play a little bit, or go to Wisconsin where I could play right away. So when I made my decision to go to Wisconsin, uh, when I made my decision, if I remember right, Tracy Foster decided to transfer from Indiana. Uh, he went to Homestead High School in Indiana. He, he transferred from Indiana to UAB, which opened up a scholarship. Supposedly, there was talk about calling me to see if I had signed yet. I had already signed, so it didn't matter. But uh, certainly, if Indiana, if there would have been an opportunity there, I'm sure I would have taken it um, just because I, you know, I love Coach Knight, have a ton of respect for Coach Knight. Uh, he's done so much for the community and for people in general uh, that people get lost in all the shenanigans that they see and don't realize what kind of person he was. So, Wisconsin Badger was the uniform that you were going to wear. What would have been the closest second one that you were going to wear? Uh, probably, probably, probably Iowa. I probably would have went to Iowa. I really like George Raveling. Uh, I, I probably Iowa. Michigan State was loaded with a lot of players. Skiles was there, and I became pretty decent friends with him. He tried to convince me to come to Michigan State, but probably Iowa would have been the place uh, that I would have ended up had I not gone to Wisconsin. And, you know, Wisconsin was an interesting place because I'll never forget the first day they had a reporter there, and the reporter asked me, would a Big Ten championship uh, outweigh what you did in high school? And I said, obviously, you're not from Indiana. And I walked away. <laughs> I walked away. So that reporter probably thought, boy, this guy's got an attitude right off the bat. <laughs> Mike, number 52, if I'm not mistaken, at Connorsville. Why number 10 at Wisconsin? 
Uh, well, I wore 52 because my dad uh, wore 52 in high school. So I, I wore 52 in Connorsville. When I went to, when I went to uh, Wisconsin, they just, you know, I was a guard, so they gave me the number to wear. Um, it was a, Wisconsin was a different environment. Uh, it was not what I thought it was going to be when I thought of big 10 basketball, I thought, you know, boy, this is going to be exciting. And when I walked out for the very first game ever in my career at Wisconsin, I think we had 3,700 people there. And I'm thinking to myself, where's everybody at? Must be a late arriving crowd. And so Wisconsin was a little different. It took a lot of getting used to for me, for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I got a, an education there and, uh, and so you can't, can't be that disappointed with it. Well, you also had, uh, uh Shelton Smith play there that, uh, went to cathedral. He was your teammate also, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, he and I became really, really good friends, uh, good player. Uh, he and I played in a backcourt together at times, uh, and, uh, uh, reminisced about a lot of things, uh, and, uh, uh, I think uh, he finished up at Wisconsin. I think he actually lives up in Madison or near Madison. And so, yeah, we had Donnie Harris played. He was from Broad Ripple. He played up there as well. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, we we uh, we had some really good players. When I first got there, we had a lot of really good players. Uh, and then uh, we had a little bit of a change. Uh, there was a new coach that had come in right before I got there. And so they were in a kind of a change in the type of players they were getting. So it took a while for the recruiting process to kick in in terms of getting some quality players in there. But again, I had an opportunity to play for four years. I played a lot of minutes. I probably played 35 minutes my freshman year, I think second most in the big 10 to, to offered. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I couldn't complain about my opportunities. I mean, I think when you left, you were all time assist leader, right? Yeah, I, I did, and you know, I missed I missed quite a few games. Uh, uh, you know, I had a, a a real bad back problem uh, that is now really cost me, you know, years later. Um, but yeah, I, I battled a back problem for my last two years. Uh, and but yeah, when I left there, I think I was a career assist leader. And again, that's just all based on what I was what I was brought up with my mom and dad and. And, and, and my brother, and, and uh, of course, I can't forget my sister because at the end of the day, she may have been the best athlete out of the family. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I, I learned at a young age to, to, to be a team player, and so when I went to Wisconsin, it was no different. So while at Wisconsin, you know you're going to see Steve Offer twice a year for the next four years. How did, how did that work out, and how did you enjoy that? Well, I'll tell you what, it was, uh, it was interesting because I ran through a lot of single screens and double screens in my uh, four years playing against Indiana. He he was in an environment that was perfect for him. I mean, they, they really set the stage for him and was able to use his talents, which is what made Coach Knight such a great coach. Um, selfishly speaking, I, there were times where when I was playing them, I'd be out on the court, and I knew all the guys and got along with them all well really well from Indiana. And I, and I just would sit there for a few minutes and think, geez, I could be on the other other side and be the point guard uh distributing the ball to offered and playing in all those big games and and you know you can't help but think about those thoughts uh, going through your head back then but you know garden steve was was fun because you knew that that you were never going to take a playoff that he was always moving and you always had to get through screens over screens under screens through screens uh, Uwe Blop and Mike Giomi, 6'10", 7'2", setting a double screen on a baseline and running through that, uh, that, uh, that, that's something else to, to deal with. But at the end of the day, it was, a, it was an interesting uh, opportunity to play against him. Great guy. Like I said, we got along really, really well. 
Uh, uh, Mike, what kind of teams did you guys have at Wisconsin? Did you have any postseason play in IT or NCAA? Never had an opportunity. Uh, my freshman year, we were uh, we uh, uh, had a lot of good talent, but did not do anything. Sophomore year, we lost some players. Junior year, we were decent. Our senior year, we were twelve and sixteen, and I think we lost seven or eight games by uh, two point three points or less. Triple overtimes, single overtimes, last second shots. Uh, we had a pretty good team my senior year. Unfortunately, we just we just didn't have that player that you could give the ball to the last five minutes of a game and say go score for us. Uh, you know, if we had a Kawhi Leonard, for instance, from San Antonio Spurs playing with us, uh, we could have played some postseason basketball. But we just didn't have a player that you could throw the ball to and say go win it for us. And and you need those kind of players in order to survive in the Big Ten back when I played. You know, as your career comes dwindling down and you're getting ready to graduate from Wisconsin, is basketball still on your mind? What 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 was uh, what was going through your mind on what you wanted to do, and what did you continue on with doing once you got out of Wisconsin? Well, I, the, the, the the problem I had was my back problem. The back was was not allowing me to do what I really wanted to do. I had an opportunity to go to a free free agent camp with the Milwaukee Bucks and played exceptionally well there. Matter of fact, I thought I was going to be able to go to Las Vegas with the with the summer league team. Uh, I was a real surprise, quite honestly. Played well, and then I re-injured my back again, and that was it. Uh, I had an opportunity to go overseas, but again, if your if your back's not good, that's the last place you really want to go. So uh, I uh, I uh, decided, you know what, basketball is not going to happen anymore for me, and so. You know, I decided, you know, maybe coaching is what I want to do because I I really love the game of basketball. And so, um, you know, I, I kind of hung around with basketball. Bo Ryan, I worked with him for a year when he was at Platteville uh, and then um, decided, you know, it's time to get married. And so I decided to move to San Antonio to get married. And I became an athletic director at a real prestigious private school uh, here in San Antonio. And so I've been doing that for the last 23 years and really enjoy it. And you said uh, uh, some of the Spurs kids uh, uh, actually uh, have gone to your high school, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. We we uh, we have uh, uh, Bruce Bowen's boys uh, go uh, to our school. David Robinson's guys uh, boys went to our school. It's an all boys school. It's it goes up through eighth grade. It's not a high school. It's it's elementary, middle school. Um, and so we've got a lot of a lot of uh, very uh, influential people at my school. It's a very wealthy school. Uh, but the kids play hard, and one of the things I've been able to bring to the school is that hard work, that energy, that mentality. That just because you got a lot, it doesn't matter. When you get between the lines, you got to give 110 percent. And uh, and so, yeah, I I, I still stay uh, heavily involved in sports. I've got two girls that play basketball, so that's kind of fun to follow them as well. Uh, do the Bowen boys wear bow ties? They do not, <laughs> but uh, I. I, I I tease him all the time, and I just saw Bruce uh, today, and uh, I, I give him a hard time uh, every time I see him. I, I tell him to make sure he looks good on Bristol uh, Television or at ESPN. But good guy, again, uh, quality, quality guy. Sean Elliott, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Steve Kerr, all those guys I know very, very well. Uh, R.C. Buford, the general manager, uh, Greg Popovich, know all of them, and uh, very, uh, very good people. What you see on TV is what you get. Mike, uh, is is your uh, 1983 state championship team still cohesive? Do you do you talk to Coach Malby? Do you talk to the other players uh, quite often? Uh, you know what? I just got a phone call yesterday from Brian Flanagan out of the blue. Uh, uh, I wasn't uh, able to take the phone call because I was in a meeting. Uh, so I'll call him uh, back uh, this evening. 
Uh, I've talked to Crabtree quite a bit. Um, Jay Mork and I saw a couple of times. Basil Mobby, Jimmy Cruz is uh, just has a success story. After he graduated from high school, he works and he's got a family and he's doing great. And I'm really, really uh, happy for Jimmy. Um, and so I uh, talked to a lot of the guys, uh, very, very close. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a reunion coming up uh, soon. Um, and, you know, also, uh, you know, keep in touch with the coaches, you know, uh, Basil and, and Dave DeMuth was just a hell of a coach. He, he was very instrumental in my brother being successful, uh, still keep in touch with Dick Young, uh, quite a bit, probably talk to him at least once a week. And so a very close, uh, group of players and coaches, uh, from that 83 group. Uh, Mike, what do you think? This will be one last question. We've run a little bit long, but we appreciate your time. What What do you think of the state of the game, the high school basketball game in Indiana today? I think it's absolutely a travesty. I think it's a travesty to go to class basketball. As soon as they went to class basketball, I lost a lot of respect for the state because back when it was single single, everybody for uh, for the one championship, no matter where you went in the country, uh, everybody wanted to talk about Indiana basketball because of how prestigious it was to win a state championship. And But quite honestly, and this will hurt a lot of people's feelings, I'm not politically correct, but you know, today's society, it's all about everybody gets a trophy and everybody gets a ribbon. And so basically that's what they're doing. I'm sure it has something to do with money. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, they have lost the opportunity to be that one state that everybody looks at throughout the United States and says, man, is that something special to win that state championship? Uh, because there's only 12 people that are able to say that in 1983, and that was myself along with the 11 other guys. Mike Heineman, thank you so much for spending an hour with us and helping to keep the nostalgia alive and talk about uh, uh, your fantastic life with the game of basketball. It's appreciated, and I'm, I'm sure everybody's going to enjoy it. I thank you so much. Hey, no problem. I appreciate you having me on, and it's prou- I'm proud to be a Connorsville Spartan for sure.